welcome back to the Martial Arts Mania Podcast. Hello, good sir. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing I'm doing all right. Oh, I had a little buzz there on my headphones. Uh, I'm doing good. You know, uh, we, it's been a minute since we've recorded. It's been a minute. Yeah, and even longer since the since the fans have heard us because we did. Maybe record one in we, between. We did record one. So pretty much, let's let's backtrack a little bit. It's been, this is the longest we've ever gone, actually. Now that I think about it, because we did our Mortal Kombat episode back, uh, like, at the end of April, beginning of May. Uh, we both had stuff going on. So then we recorded uh, a new episode, still inexcusably uh, late, but I just never got around to getting it out. And then... Uh, I had a bunch of stuff going on in my personal life, uh, which randomly included a quick visit to see you. And then we were going to record at that point. Didn't get around to it. It's been a couple more weeks due to the personal stuff going on I had to take care of. But we did manage to watch a new movie Mm -hmm. together in person for the first time. Since the lockdown, which is what we're going to be discussing today, which is the 2021 Bao Tran directed The Paper Tigers. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into it. I've been thinking about it for the last like two weeks, two weeks at least, right? Maybe three. Yeah. Whenever we saw it. It's been a little bit. It's been like two and a half weeks, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Almost three now. So, yeah, we said, yeah, we're going to record. We're going to record right away. And then uh, I had some more stuff come up, unfortunately. Everything's good now. But it definitely put a roadblock in our plan. But now we're back. We'll get back to our weekly recording. So uh, what's new with you, dude? Well, uh, I, I'm sure you are somewhat aware, the world is somewhat aware that the Euro uh, 2020 is taking place, although it's 2021, delayed a year because of COVID. So it's mm-hmm. all it's a European Cup, as well as Copa America, Ooh. the South American Cup. So I am watching a lot of soccer and I'm and for doing people, a lot of work. for people that may not know, Gavin is to this day an avid soccer practitioner slash player slash competitor. It's it's a lot of fun. I just watched I just watched a fantastic game, France versus Germany. No spoilers here, although by the time people are listening to this, it will have already it, it definitely already happened. Well, we have a lot of European listeners. Yeah, we do. It's a it, it's a fantastic game. But uh, been doing that. Been uh, you know it's ever since your visit, I I, uh, I tried to pick up a couple things. Uh, try to do a you know adjust my diet a little bit. Okay, maybe maybe uh, one smoothie a day and uh, trying to get. Uh, in more kickboxing because that was a lot of fun when you were here. We we did three days of kickboxing back to back to back. We were like the L.A. Lakers champions. Heck yeah, I like that analogy. Uh, yeah, so pretty much, I was down there, did nothing but train for three days, and then left. Uh, and you very graciously let me stay at your house, so we got to train with uh, our sensei Peter Sugarfoot Cunningham twice. Once on the beach, which was awesome. We also got to train with uh, our training partner Herman. Herman the Bat Baltazar, and so he was very gracious to come train us on the beach again. And then you and I actually did uh, some cardio <laughs> kickboxing yes, in your apartment. We're like, yo, uh, well, for me, you had tons of great workout stuff uh, in your house, weights and all that jazz. So I was able to do my like conditioning workouts every day. And then one day I went for my run and then I got back. I was like, yo, I, I still want to do something. And you're like, nitro kick, nitro kick. And I loved it. So at Sifu Don Nyam's, uh kind of cardio kickboxing dvd he did uh and it was a fantastic workout i enjoyed it it was a lot of fun yeah and it gives you that that kung fu fix right it does you feel like i'm not just doing cardio kickboxing i'm doing kung fu yeah so uh speaking of and here's here's going to be maybe a semi slight rough transition speaking of working out and training You've got something going on right now in your world. Oh, my gosh. That's right. I, I completely uh, forgot because uh, so, it's such a weird. So I, on a whim, entered this Mr. Muscle and Fitness contest where the grand prize winner gets a two-page spread in Muscle and Fitness magazine and a grand prize of $20,000. So at the moment, so yesterday, the contest launched. So if anybody would like to support me, we have the link 
in our in my Instagram page. Uh, I think on Twitter you have it up yep. on there. On Facebook, you can always look us up on there. Uh, we've got it on there. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes for here. But you can vote once a day. So every 24 hours for the next nine days. And then if I make it to that next like top 15 category, then I go on to the next uh, level of the competition. But yesterday it was a neck and neck race between me and this uh, very legitimate bodybuilder guy for first place. It kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, And then today, as of recording, I believe I'm now down to fourth. And he and I both have been bumped down to – how do I put this kindly? Individuals who I don't really necessarily look at as the best example of physical fitness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I think that's that's the nature of a ten day of a ten day vote. You know, the people see where they are, then they go out and you know they uh, get get out the vote, or they're, they're trying to rock the vote, so to speak. But uh, yeah, I think I think there's going to be an ebb and flow to these ten days, and and the two guys who were shown at the at the start of this. Uh, of this vote should be the two showing at the end. Uh, I'd like to think so. And to be honest with you, it's like I was telling Jessica, I'd have no problem losing to, to that other individual. He's extremely huge, ripped uh, bodybuilder guy. Awesome. Cool. I love bodybuilding. I love the sport of bodybuilding. I used to be very into it. Uh, but I, I feel like I'd be a little perturbed if I lost to uh uh, as someone, one of my friends who's been following, as, as he called it, someone with a dad bod. So, uh, but <laughs> I'm hey, not in it. What are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> but I want to say thank you to everyone that's already supported me. Uh, our good friend of the podcast, Mr. Richard Norton, reposted on Facebook. Oh, that's that's wonderful. That's that's very that's great. I did that's reach really out great. to him first <laughs> and <laughs> asked if he would, and he was very gracious and put my kickboxing mate AJ is in this contest. Please vote for him. So thank uh, that, you. That's, that's really great. Thank you, Mr. Richard Norton. Uh, we're huge fans and very lucky to say. I, I guess we can say we are friends. Yeah. You that, more so than me. Well, you never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know? Um, but hey, let's let's uh, get into this recording of the episode. Okay. Let, so, let's get to it. Let's start with our preliminary questions because okay. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. So this, this is a special film. I, I think anyone who's seen that knows it. And anyone who hasn't seen it, we're, we're letting you know right now. This is a very special film that I think ranks amongst... Uh, that that like special that special pocket of of pure heart uh and and pure and and just a fantastic message that you walk away with without it being like a hit you in the face message uh but sometimes it literally hits you in the face yes it does (laughs) (laughs) so with with that said i just wanted to you know kind of hone this week's questions and specifically i want to ask you know present film excluded can you name, can you tell the listeners maybe uh, a martial art movie, a kung fu movie or a martial art movie that really uh, encapsulates the martial arts message and, and left you with a greater understanding after watching the film? And again, you could just name one film or you could name, you know, as, as a, you can name a Hong Kong film, a Western film, and maybe a film from an, from an alternate universe that isn't Hollywood or Hong Kong. Ooh, man. Uh this is a great question, which you threw at me about an hour ago. And I thought, wow, what a really good question. I should think about that. And then uh, I did not. <laughs> so, but uh, I would like to I would like to break it down. So I would like to say, because our movie we're talking about today is, in my opinion, a uh, kung fu pian or traditional kung fu film, I would like to think of a uh, kung fu film that did that for me, as well as maybe like, a Western martial arts movie. I think the go-to within Western martial arts uh, movies would be probably for, and we've mentioned this movie many a times, and it's very important to me, but The Karate Kid uh, is just the Miyagi-Danielson relationship, the relationship between sensei and student. That was the first time I really saw how special that could be. And, you know, that close connection between sensei and student, because at that point I was already doing martial arts when I Mm -hmm. saw Karate Kid when I was, you know, quite young. Obviously, I didn't see when it came out. I wasn't even born yet, but I I didn't, you know, my first instructor and so forth. It's like a big, you know, commercial school. I didn't have that kind of relationship. Uh, And then over the years, I've had very close relationships with a lot of my instructors. You know, we're good friends and stuff, but, you know, it wasn't until I got to finally train with Sugarfoot that, you know, I found 
my sensei, right? And then you really appreciate that relationship between student and teacher in that same way. And I also feel that the Karate Kid embodies the martial spirit uh, and so forth. I think from a more competitive aspect, I love Best of the Best. Yeah. And it's got that element of working hard together as a team, which is also another, you know, a team is not a team if you don't give a damn about one another. That was my best James Earl Jones, everybody. Uh, thank you. Uh, but, which is something, same thing. I didn't really, until I got into like, until I moved it. You know what? I feel like once I started training with Sugarfoot too, and I had the core group of guys I was always training with. Uh, that I really started to understand that aspect of like a team, right? And, you know, iron sharpens iron. And you, if you want to be the best, you got to train with the best. And uh, so I feel like those two movies for me would embody that deeper understanding of the martial arts. As far as like a Hong Kong Kung Fu movie, that would really embody that spirit because... Like, I know the, the initial ones that got me kind of into loving Chinese martial arts, but off the top of my head, wow, what a good uh, question. And a lot of that has to do with cultural differences, too, like the melodramatic aspects that we have in Western cinema as compared to, you know, Hong Kong or Southeast Asian cinema is going to leave the interpretation a little different. But... Uh, how about you first? Do you have a, uh, a Hong Kong movie in particular that that makes you think of that? Well, for me, uh, I thought you were going to, off the top of your head, mention this film. But for me, it's Prodigal Son. Oh, um, excellent choice, my you know, man. And it's it's just because of the just the the arc that the main character goes through. Of mm -hmm. course, you know, compared to the film we're going to talk about, we're talking. It's it's. It's uh, it's the arc a young man goes through, but in many ways it's the same. It's like the, the with, with Paper Tigers, they're they're having the same lesson later in life, and sometimes it's a more difficult lesson to learn. Uh, from for me, I had I, I was gonna say, uh, Karate Kid, but I'm like no one either one of us is gonna go to Karate Kid. Yep. Or we could both go, and I love Best of the Best. I think that's a really great analogy because again, that's another movie that really pulls you in, pulls your heartstrings, and really like, you know, hat off my hats go off my hats. I have wearing multiple hats yes. now. I'm gonna take them all off <laughs> to Eric Roberts for that for his you know really touching performance in that film, and yep. it really helped heighten. Uh, heighten the film and 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 then also deliver that i mean that the final segment with uh with philip Rhee. i just i just love philip Rhee's work on camera but i was going to shed a little light on uh, a smaller film uh, and i don't know how you feel about this one but i really took to red belt and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna shamefully admit something never seen it I, I can understand that I can under, I can really understand I also understand how some people aren't fans of it because I think it comes at you from a perspective of this is an expert telling you about like the jiu-jitsu world but what I love about the way David Mamet wrote it uh, the notion of there's always an escape and just breathe there is this growth in 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 the character and there's growth within uh, the audience, me as an audience, realizing that there is always an escape. There is always just breathe. So when, when the moment, when the movie slows down and there's this pause, you know, so I just wanted that for me, those, those are films that like kind of touched me uh, from a choice. martial arts perspective. And it was, I was going to also go on deadly ground for the bar fight. <laughs> <laughs> what does it take to change a man? I don't know. Uh, I need time. I need time. I need time. 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 Mike Starr. Great performance. Yeah. Uh, great character actor. Yes, excellent choices. And Red Belt's been one that like I've just been meaning to watch since it came out years ago uh, and just never got around to it. I'm just glad you didn't say never back down because <laughs> I, yes. I feel like you were going to troll me and say that. But on a, a true note, a great MMA film that really captures that uh, like the spirit of – kind of what a fighter truly goes through uh, is Warrior. Yes. Which is fantastic, which is on Prime. It's on Hulu. Warrior uh, with Joel Edgerton uh, and... Uh, it's, 
If you blank, I'm I'm now blanking. Oh, oh and no. Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. Well, Nick no, Nolte. Nick Nolte's yeah, the dad who gets <laughs> who's nominated for an Oscar, and people forget that. But uh, 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 oh my gosh, it's on the Mad tip. Mad Max. Of, yes, Mad Max. Bane. Oh, we're terrible. If he was in a Jackie Chan movie, Tom we Hardy. know Tom Hardy. Thank you, thank you. Yes, so great film. But and I also, you know, I've this was the first Hong Kong one that popped in my head. Uh, and I felt like it was a bit of a cop out or, you know, I could think deeper, but I'm still going to go with it. And that's the 36 Chamber of Shaolin. That's a great choice. Because I, a- it shows the character arc of Sante, you know, him at first just plainly wanting revenge and nothing more than that. Uh, the the kind of selfish, uh, the nature of I just want to learn the best techniques to get revenge, which is so many people when they go into martial arts, they don't want to learn the basics, right? Yeah. It's like, well, well, tell me, what's the secret technique that's going to... It's like, there is no secret technique aside from hard work. And that film really shows the evolution of the character, both in uh, his personality and his physical abilities, too, right? So we get both sides of it. And it also just shows the foundation that goes into any sort of martial arts training. You have to have your basics, your physical conditioning before you can even think about mastering the actual art of fighting. And it's, it's just done so in such a masterful way. And that has to do with La Garlong, you know, directing the film and yeah. being a real lifelong martial artist, uh, which also adds to the authenticity of the fight scenes with, you know, uh, everybody from Gordon Liu, obviously our star, La Garwing, you know, being in the film and giving us this sense of realism. So I, I feel like that would be my choice for a Hong Kong picture. You, you know, you sit- it's interesting because what we've mentioned, uh, 36 Chamber, Prodigal Son, Karate Kid, Best of the Best, Red Belt, uh, all these films invoke like a real special feeling uh, within within the view, within the audience and within, uh, I don't know, within the martial artists with, that I, I think is in, inside all of us. Like, there's a reason why we gravitate to these movies. I mean, like Karate Kid has spawned this, uh, you know, this whole TV series of Cobra Kai. Cobra and, Kai, Cobra Kai. <laughs> So it just goes to show that we're, you know, thinking about these films, this is sort of where I place Paper Tigers among this, among this crew. And I mean, some of these films, I would actually, if if we're doing a rank, which we're not, I mean, I would place Paper Tigers higher up than some of these that we've mentioned. This is a bold statement from me right after we watched it. I straight up said, because I knew I was going to enjoy this film. I knew I was going to love this film. Uh, just because of the heart and soul that I knew went into it, I didn't expect it to be such a real traditional kung fu movie in that sense. And I, uh, I went on the record, and I'll, I'm going on the record right now and saying it: it is the best kung fu movie, or what we'd say, kung fu pian of the 21st century so far. Yeah, and, and, and when, so uh, like to to, to kind of clarify real quick, and this is actually great because. On one of Sifu Alex's recent episodes of the Kung Fu Genius podcast, he, he's been doing a lot of Q&As and someone asked him uh, the difference between, because uh, obviously I'm using Mandarin, Kung Fu Pian and Wuxia Pian. So it's the Wuxia genre and then like the Kung Fu film genre. And he's you know always so modest and humble about, well, I'm not the expert, but he did a fantastic job of breaking down the two different genres. And so to kind of expedite it real quick, the Wuxia Pian. The wuxia films are based off the traditional Chinese novels, which are kind of translated as like knights of chiv- uh, chivalry, right? So uh, uh, knights of errant, I think the exact translation is uh, uh, a little uh, convoluted, but kind of uh, honorable like knights, chivalrous knights, right? And mm-hmm. these stories are usually uh, set, they're period pieces. There's a lot of fantastical elements. The martial arts is not grounded in reality. This is where a lot of the wire work and trampoline work from the Peking Opera came in, especially in the original film adaptations. Uh, one of the very first like main Chinese pictures, uh, the burning of the Red Temple, I, I think I might be uh, getting the name wrong, my bad, uh, which is no longer available, but was a wuxia adaptation. So pretty much like, just like a lot of uh, international cinema, when movies were first getting made, it's like, well, what do we do? Well, let's adapt the stories we already have, whether it be novels or plays or so forth. And in this case, the wuxia uh, literary genre was used to make these films. So at the beginning of Shaw Brothers, like the 1960s, these were the martial arts pictures you were seeing, like uh, One-Armed Swordsman and uh, Come Drink With Me and uh, these kind of pictures. And then it wasn't until uh, 
the first real attributed like kung fu movie or kung fu pian is usually uh, Jimmy Wong used the Chinese boxer. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, there was the whole Wong Fei Hung film series in Hong Kong. Uh, starring Kwang Ta King, but the, this was kind of more like a film serial, as they say, you know, like uh, a series of uh, black and white pictures. So I, I do believe that they are technically the first ones, but like the real birth of the movement was with uh, the Chinese boxer, and then Bruce Lee came in, obviously, and changed the game. So, uh, and I, that's why for like the last, you know, 20 something years, okay, we had Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but that was most definitely a wuxia picture Mm -hmm. and when audiences first saw that especially western audiences they're like this is groundbreaking this is amazing and that's why audiences in asia china and stuff particular like well it's a good movie but it's nothing that we haven't seen before it's just been a while (laughs) because you know this was a genre that many uh cinema goers grew up with so and and then so you had you know hero which is another one which is definitely a wuxia picture Zhang Yimou's hero Mm -hmm. and then ang lee's crouching tiger and dragon then we had house of flying daggers and then you've got certain auteurs, uh, and auteur being any sort of kind of filmmaker that has a very distinct style. Uh, so, for example, Wong Kar Wai. Like, Wong Kar Wai is the grand master. And Sifu Ox actually did a great job of breaking down this element. Of there's lots of pictures that kind of blend that in-between line. Uh, and especially, like, art house ones, in my opinion. Like yes. the grand master. I don't quite call that a kung fu movie or a kung fu pian, but it's definitely not wuxia. But it's somewhere in a weird artistic middle ground yeah so that was there's kind like of a fa- there's like a fable aspect to it like like yeah. almost like folkloric aspect to it excellent very nice and there is some more fantastical martial arts elements in that but the martial arts is mostly kind of grounded but there's a lot of weird dreams i shouldn't say weird dream sequences and beautiful cinematography and this and that and then anytime you've got wong kar wai whether it's like ashes of time or anytime he dabbles with martial arts you're not going to get a straight genre picture per se but for me i i really feel that the paper tigers is a throwback to classic kung fu cinema uh in the way that the story is told in the elements that are in the narrative the martial arts action on screen and not only that i feel like we just get this modern polish to it that makes it kind of like you said better than a lot of our favorite classic films yes and that's not to take away from some of our favorites but just like anything you know in life certain things evolve and we want them to get better over time right and that's why watching this movie was such a special experience for me because i'm like wow i feel like i'm watching a classic kung fu movie but here it is you know 2021 and it's it's just something i didn't expect that and and you know speaking speaking to like the independent film genre and the art house genre it 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 had everything right that you want in an independent film dating back to the styles of the late 80s uh there is just everything that you want in an independent film it's 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 it, it has its own feel to it it follows it's it follows a certain a pattern that is organic to the story mm-hmm. which you do not get with you know your big box hollywood films because they have to follow the formula it, this is following the pattern of the story and the filmmaking aspect uh i mean even just even just the 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 car chase scene where the van is chasing the motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. The follow scene, even just the way that's constructed, it's it's constructed so well. You 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 feel like you're in it with them, and you don't need a lot of like glitzy sounds or explosions. And I'm not saying that I, I you know I love Mad I'll, I'll Mad Max Fury Road. I'll go to that all the time. And that's that's everything. Yeah. But this is this is we're gonna do a, a car chase scene or a follow scene like an independent film. And it's just, it's just absolutely perfect. The film, I can't think of an area of the film where it wasn't just right. It's got the freedom of an independent film, but you watch it and you don't think, oh, this is an independent movie, right? Yeah. So, and that's a special thing right there uh, in its own. Uh, so real quick, we should kind of talk about like what the film's about. And we'll try to avoid like key spoilers, but you know, it's inevitable. And hopefully you've seen the movie. And if not, 
Uh, you can always pause this right now and go rent it. Unfortunately, we weren't able to go see it in theaters. Uh, I was very bummed about that. But yeah. I already today pre-ordered the Blu-ray. So Excellent. I'm making up for it. <laughs> we rented it on Amazon Prime. And I was this close to renting it last night again to watch it. But then I re- I saw director Baltran posted on Instagram about the upcoming Blu-ray release. Because uh, you had mentioned, I think it was your idea where you're like, why not just wait till the Blu-ray comes out as opposed to buying it on Amazon Prime? Yeah, you, you were going to buy it. I'm like, listen, if you end up liking this movie, you're going to want all the all the bells and whistles. So. Right. So, and that's what I have now done. But uh, pretty much the film focuses on uh, the three tigers, a group of young men that have come up under their Sifu, uh, Sifu Chung, who's played by the great Roger Yuen. Uh, and so kind of the whole intro sequence is fantastic. It's done through like found footage. So it's got this archival footage type documentary feel. And uh, I believe director Baltran was speaking on a podcast about this was actually the first thing they filmed. And it was a couple years back, the the footage with Roger Ewan and so forth. So we kind of see these young men coming up with their Sifu. And uh, they obviously, it's never specifically said which Kung Fu style they do. Uh, I mean, there, there's going to be all sorts of elements mixed in there. They do some like eagle poses and so forth. But uh, they get very involved in what would be Beimo competitions, which is pretty much, Mm -hmm. you know, kumite and karate or pretty much like matches against other styles. And even though they're not supposed to, they keep doing this, right? And they've recorded it all. So it's this very cool uh, intro into the film where we're watching them grow up as students and become these incredible fighters, all three of them. Uh, We have Danny, Hing, and Jim. So... uh, and then kind of the star pupil is Danny, right? And so we're watching them, we're watching them, we're watching them evolve, we're watching their story with their Sifu, uh, even though they're not supposed to be doing the Baymo competitions, they still do. And then as this footage ends, we're then transported 20-something years later to them now as adults. Uh, the three of them have not seen or spoken to each other in like 20 years. Uh, and that goes also for having seen their Sifu. Uh, Two out of three of them are completely out of practice. Uh, and one of them is actually a practi- practitioner of a whole different martial arts style. <laughs> and so they're brought together because their Sifu uh, has passed away from a heart attack. But right from the get-go, uh, Hing, who's played by Ron Yuan, Roger Yuan's brother, uh, another fantastic veteran martial arts actor, uh, he has his suspicions about the Sifu's death. So he reconnects with Danny, played by uh, Elaine Uy, and then they eventually also reconnect with Jim, played by Mikkel Shannon Jenkins from Undisputed 3. Uh, and they team up to kind of try to solve the mystery of what truly happened to their Sifu, and in the process, to avenge his death. Because, spoiler alert, he did not die of a heart attack. But you also know that kind of from the opening sequence. So, yes. I think that was a pretty good that, breakdown without any spoilers. That was a great breakdown. Okay. I, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, uh, for, first off, uh, uh, Roger Yuan's uh-huh. performance was just so absolutely perfect. Wait, are you talking it's, about Roger Yuan as the Sifu or his brother Ron? C, Sifu. Yeah. Yes. As a Sifu. Ab- I mean, his brother's performance, yeah. everybody's performance. But, yes. like, that is, that's the Sifu that, like, I dreamed of. Uh-huh. You know, that's, that's. I mean, that is, uh, oh, uh, I am blanking on his name right now, but uh, the Sifu from uh, A Prodigal Son. Come on. Uh, oh, Lam Ching Ying? Lam Ching Ying. Thank yeah. you very much. That is, that that is those are the those are the archetypes of what a great sifu is i mean for for whatever their slight faults are that make them so unique as as humans will just make it phenomenal well because at first you think man he is a mean old son of a bitch during the opening sequence before it kind of switches over to the found footage where it's them or i can't even remember if it is found footage where they're doing their eagle pose right and he notices danny is like not going deep enough and he's forcing him to go deeper and he's like trembling and trembling and then eventually falls over but you find out the reason why is his sifu realized he was injured and he wasn't telling his Sifu. So his yep. Sifu's like, all right, you're not going to tell me about what happened. I'm going to force you to do your eagle stance on that leg until you fall over. And then that's where he realized he got hurt in a Baymo. And that's where he tells him, you know, Kung Fu without honor is nothing. And so you have this great kind of uh, 
Budo aspect, for lack of a better term, right? Or, you know, Wu Yi, uh, martial spirit uh, th- uh, that kind of goes along with the martial arts, which I always love, which we always talk about, you know, Bushido, Budo, uh, the like way of the warrior. Uh, but yes, totally agree. That was, and I was just talking to Jessica about that today because where I grew up, there was, we had one local, and I hate to use the term McDojo because as I always say, for the first <laughs> year, it was just a very good traditional, what I call like Korean karate type school, but then switched over to a McDojo. So that's all I had growing up. Uh, and I just, I always dreamed of like finding that mystical Sifu that like randomly moved to my town and was secretly a Kung Fu master and didn't want to take on any students, but then took me on. Like, like Wayne from college kickboxers. Wow. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been perfect. That would have been perfect. But, uh, yeah, so th- th- this film, first of all, I, I want to say Bao Tran's direction. So uh, uh, Tran Quoc Bao is his full name, Tran, the Vietnamese surname. So in this case, we'll say Bao Tran uh, using American English uh, uh, order, I guess. But yeah, uh, you, you go. You got it. Yeah, thanks. American English. American English. Thanks. Uh, but anyways, you can tell. He is a true fan of the genre, right? Because he wrote the film, he directed the film, and it is not, it's, it's not, it's not artificial. It is, you can tell he is a real, uh, you know, uh, enthusiast of Kung Fu films. Mm -hmm. Like you could tell this guy grew up watching them, loving them. The fact that he also wrote it, right? And he's not making fun of the genre. He's paying homage to it in the best kind of way by making this stellar film that being said uh the this is a very you know traditional kind of serious kung fu movie plot we have to avenge our sifu but there's so many great elements of comedy throughout that uh once again are not forced at all they just is so natural and they flow so well and that has to do with the great chemistry of our primary cast uh with Elaine Ui, Ron Yuen, and Mikkel Shannon Jenkins. And they're all fantastic. But when it comes to the comedy, man, Ron Yuen just steals the show. And once again, this, this shows how hard he has worked throughout his career. Because this is a guy, ever since I was a kid, I've been seeing him in movies. Even before I knew his name, I'd see him, right? Mm-hmm. And He's come up from being co-stars of PM Entertainment Michael Worth movies, right? And I love those movies. Uh, But, you know, he's come from that point to, you know, being a fight choreographer, stunt guy, getting some bigger, bigger roles to now. Just last year was a co-star in Mulan. Now he's headlining this film. And now he's also finally getting his chance to direct major motion pictures. So... I couldn't have think of anybody better suited for this role. And even like, and a lot of the credit has to go to Bao transcript as well. And who knows, maybe there was a lot of improv because even when you look at roles uh, from the last like 20 years where Ron Yuen had uh, more uh, chances to showcase his acting, like you go to Blood and Bone, right? Yep. The Michael Jai White film, which he has a significant role in. And you get to see some of that comedic timing and comedic abilities he has and but at the same time that wasn't necessarily the most stellar script right you don't have as much to work with but I remember watching him in that role and that was the first time I thought to myself I was like wow you know Ron Yuen can act Ron Yuen should you know he should he should he should be I'd like to see him in more in that sense and even in other films like uh the Jason Yee uh picture uh girl from the the dragon eye I believe it was mm-hmm. kind of like a film noir, a neo-noir martial arts film. Same thing. He has uh, a great acting role in there. Uh, and I think this this is just the showcase to how talented he is, not just as a martial arts performer, but as an actor. Uh, you, you're, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm, I remember, uh, I think one of the first times I saw and knew him, like where it like aligned was Blood and Bone. I'm like, the, he... He stands out, and without without his performance, I mean, the, you see characters like that in films. There's always that character that is sort of like the linchpin or the bridge. Uh, but the way he did it, he's one of the reasons that film is 
holds up over time, Blood and mm-hmm. Bone. Uh, and what he did with Paper Tigers is he really brought uh, he brought faith in his into his sifu through his actions. He brought comedy into the into the program, and he helped uh, his reluctant uh, fellow Paper Tigers uh, kind of basically come to come to full to full uh i don't know i was gonna say like it <laughs> my reference we're, is we're definitely like, out of practice we're like our vocabulary yes, today is, uh, duh, 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 so I was, i'm just gonna say they basically uh, i can't think of a better reference than like than going through chrysalis and becoming butterflies but now, that, now hey, that's it's that, a good that's it's a, a good, proper yeah, yeah that's good analogy. i've never used that reference before so it's like you know and real quick, uh, the film I was referencing before, it's The Girl from the Naked Eye uh, with Jason Yee and Ron Yuen. I said dragon eye. I, I think I was mixing up The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. <laughs> I want to see girl. I want to see the Dragon Eye movie, though. That sounds good. Yeah. The, 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 well, Dragon <laughs> Eye was the Kung Lee movie. So there we go. Now we're oh, yeah, getting all mixed up. But uh, no, you are correct because it's the evolutionary process of these characters. It's like something that was so significant to them as young men where, you know, Kung Fu is our life. We are, it defines us. And then they just completely drop in it for 20 years, abandon it. And then suddenly it's like coming back to it. It's like, oh, well, you, you know, we can't come back to this, but then they can. And it kind of shows how it was always within them. And they stepped away, but they could never really escape their destiny in a sense, right? Which is becoming yeah. the heirs to their uh, Sifu's uh, Kung Fu lineage. Yeah. It's. Um I don't know. I, I, you're, you're right. Maybe I'm a little rusty when it comes to this because I, I, there's just so much I want to talk about with this film. Uh, you've, you've spoken. You've, you've, you've done a great job speaking about the director slash writer. Uh, I also wanted to give like a little credit out to the to the editor of the film. Uh, and I looked I looked him up, Chris Christensen. Okay. And when you go into IMDb, he's known for uh, Universal Soldier and Paper Tigers. Universal Soldier, he was in the sound department. Okay. Uh, but I just I just love the way the film is cut together. And I want I want to maybe ask you to talk a little bit about the about how you ran into the how you ran into the crew <laughs> and talk about like how like the, the aspects of how historically this film came together sure. because that's that's why I want to give like some you know credit to the to the to the editor who was able to put this 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 passion project together yeah let's let's backtrack a little bit so and I didn't realize this but in an interview with Baltran he talks about how kind of the the they had to do a pitch right which is normal so what they did is they made a short martial arts film because he want he needed to showcase hey I could make a martial arts picture and I can direct fight scenes so he directed with uh, a martial arts group called the Marshall Club uh, who are featured in the final movie uh, they did a, a short film where Andy Lee from the Marshall Club fights uh, Ken Katuga, who is our fight choreographer for Paper Tiger slash our antagonist. Uh, and it's just a very short kind of traditional martial arts fight scene. Uh, they utilize a lot of Southern fist, right? Like Hungar and so forth. And it's this very well-made short film. And I remember seeing it when it first came out because uh, mm-hmm. I follow Marshall Club. I was like, this is great. And I didn't realize that was kind of like their pitch film. Like, look, hey, we can make action. Check this out. And so... I know, and then I might be mixing up the timeline, but after that, and then getting their initial funding, they filmed kind of the whole uh, found footage sequences of them as young men with uh, uh, Roger Ewan and training and so forth. And then from there, they had to secure the rest of their money through like GoFundMe and so forth. And then it took a couple of years before they were able to uh, secure the finances. They brought on some other people as producers, uh, such as... Uh, our favorite, Yuji Okamoto, mm-hmm. uh, famously chosen from Karate Kid Part 2 and now the Cobra Kai series. Because uh, I remember first hearing him talk about this movie a couple years back before they had started. They were just about to start shooting it, uh, yeah. what would be like the main chunk of the movie. And so – but by doing it this way, they were able to uh, make the movie they wanted to make because they had offers – to get funding from some of these production companies. If, for example, they threw in someone like, say, Bruce Willis, which mm-hmm. is just one of the most absurd things I've ever heard. It's, you know, and I, I hate to use the often, uh, the, uh, the terminology of whitewashing, but in this case, it really was, you know, but it's like they wanted marketable 
uh, stars that they could use to, you know, make this movie sell. And that's not just in America. That's overseas market and stuff, too. But luckily for us, uh, they were able to realize, no, we have to make this movie the way we want to make it, even if that means it takes us years to raise the money to do so. So they raise the money themselves. They make this wonderful picture. And as for where I come in uh, to the film, and this is going to be funny in case anybody is listening that was involved in this movie, uh, I accidentally stumbled onto uh, the film set, more or less, when they were filming in Seattle uh, at the Wing Luke Museum to some extent. I don't know what they were doing, but I was in Seattle that weekend because I had just competed in uh, a big international Muay Thai competition. And so I was there with uh, our sensei, Peter Sugarfoot Cunningham, my teammate Herman, who was uh, in my corner uh, for that championship. And so after it was all said and done, we're like, great, let's go sightseeing in Seattle. And of course, I wanted to go to Chinatown, right? I'm a Bruce Lee history nut, all that jazz. And I wanted to go see the Bruce Lee exhibit at the Wing Luke Museum. And as we're there, I see Yuji Okamoto. And I'm like, holy crap, that's Yuji. I know who he is. Wow. Uh, and uh, I, I walk up to him and said, hey, you know, I'm a huge fan, blah, blah, blah. And I could just tell he was so stressed out. Like, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, nice to meet you. And he was very polite, but just I could tell he had a lot on his mind. And anybody that's worked on any sort of independent film or student film or anything knows that, you know, it can be stressful. Your budget's tight. Your time's tight. Everything's tight. And so, and, I, and I'm talking, I was like, yeah, you know, I listened to your episode on the Kung Fu Movie Guide. No, no, excuse me, on a Kung Fu Driving Podcast, our friend yeah. Jeff. It was Jeff's podcast. Uh, shout out to Jeff. And so I was like, yeah, your interview is great. I'm really looking forward to that movie, The Paper Tigers. Like, when are you guys going to film that or when's it coming out? And he just looks at me. He's like, well, actually, we're filming it right now. And I, I look around and I see all these like film crew people. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, I, and I swore, I think I may have seen one of the Marshall Club guys, but I didn't want to like interrupt with them. I'm like, oh, okay, sorry, sorry. And then I saw on social media like the next day that the Marshall Club guys were there. And I was like, oh my gosh, I literally walked on to the sequence of the film. So if I had to guess, I think they were filming maybe the, the pool fight scene mm-hmm. where they fight uh, Andy and Brian Lee from Marshall Club. And yeah. so that's my, my special connection to this movie. Uh, if any of you out there are listening, uh, I guess you could say I was kind of involved in it. <laughs> but no, I love I remember yeah. you, you, so you, you, I, that's the tournament that you walked away with the belt, correct? Yes, that is correct. So you, you texted me, you just won the belt. Then the next day you were like, you texted me like, I just ran into Yuji Okamoto on the, on the, I think on the set of the Paper Tigers. And then I looked at the movie and like, I'm like, are, are you kidding? That's awesome. So I remember like you, I was living vicariously through this like trip you had, uh, to uh, Seattle because I think you also had uh, I am so sorry I'm going to blank on your friend's name uh, Wing uh, the Peter. Kung Fu Peter yes yeah Peter Nguyen Peter Nguyen yes. good friend Peter Nguyen shout out to Peter Nguyen he actually listens to our podcast so yes he was with us too he was our guide very graciously let us stay with yeah. him in his amazing apartment he was living in Seattle at that time uh, so this is Peter Nguyen founder of uh, Legacy Jeet Kune Do yep. he is a certified instructor in JKD Kali and Shuto under the great Guru Dan and Asano Ron Balicki and uh, Yuri Nakamura. Uh, I'm wow. probably mispronouncing his name. Sifu, Sifu Yuri, right? Uh, I believe that's correct. Yes. In, uh, and he's one of the few to be certified under all three of them. Fantastic martial artist. Great individual. So, yeah, he was our tour guide. So, he took us uh, to Bruce Lee's gravesite. We also got to go see that. That was my first time yeah. seeing that. Very special moment for me. Uh, and then we were in... Seattle's Chinatown and then we walk on to this movie and it was just a whole lot of fun stuff happening for me that weekend. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so, I mean, but the, the, what, one thing that really il- illustrates, you know, about your story and bringing it back to, to the film is that this, to put together an independent film that is this cohesive and also this shot so well, takes so much work. And I, and to also, you know, so oh, how long, I mean, maybe we should have someone on from the from the movie and interview them. But like, how how long, from your understanding, did the process take for for Paper Tigers to come together? From, well, from the from the pitch, from the to, well, from technically. So if we go all the way back to when they made that short film, The Challenger, that was 2015. Yeah, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. that's a long process, but it just goes to show 
you know, things don't happen overnight, especially something that is supposed so special to you. Uh, and thank God that it did take that long and that they were able to maintain control and yes. their vision and make the movie they did because uh, we were treated to this fantastic cinematic experience. Or yeah, in this otherwise, case, your living room experience. Yeah, otherwise, otherwise the, the three paper tigers could have been Bruce Willis, Steven Seagal, Michael J. White or something. Well, apparently another one I just read was Nicolas Cage they were trying to get in there. So uh, that would have, uh, Nicolas Cage's The Sifu would have been interesting, right? Yeah. Really <laughs> <laughs> for, for our viewers who can't see, uh, Gavis just got his full head oh, in his hands just like oh man this, yeah because the stress off of my forehead because that the, the sad part is you could see that happening absolutely so let, let's talk about one of the important aspects of the film that our viewers obviously are going to want to know about and that would be the martial arts sequences which once again are choreographed by uh ken katuga who also plays our uh eventual antagonist of the film and uh I believe he started off in the Zero Gravity stunt group. He's a fantastic martial artist. He was the co-star of what's maybe my favorite, I, I would call like, uh, what's the right way to put it? Because it's a full feature length film that was pretty much released just online. Uh, and that's uh, Unlucky Stars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I he's one of the co-stars of that film. And uh, anybody that hasn't watched that yet, you, you should. Um, we, we could do a whole episode on Unlucky Stars. But uh, some of the best Hong Kong style fight scenes uh, that you've ever seen. Uh, Dennis Rule is the other star of the film. And he's actually the director as well. Uh, I believe Vlad Remberg did the fight scenes. So it's just an awesome movie. But either which way, he's been on my radar for a long time. So when I heard he was the fight choreographer for this film, I was very excited. And with him as the fight choreographer, we get some fantastic martial arts sequences. Uh, as we mentioned before, there's like a three-on-three fight scene, one at a time, between mm -hmm. our three old-ass you know, martial artists that, aside from one of them, are completely out of practice against these three young cocky kids, the ones from Marshall Club. Uh, and it's a best two out of three situation. And so we get some uh, a great martial arts sequence there uh, with a lot of comedic elements uh, and so forth as well. We have uh, a great co-starring role from uh, Matthew Page, a.k.a. Master Ken, uh, online personality who plays uh, Carter, who mm -hmm. is uh, the character of Carter is great because anybody that is a fan of Kung Fu films or Chinese martial arts or has spent time in Hong Kong or Asia or anywhere else has met at least one individual like Carter where it's pretty much to, I, I guess there's no real nice way to put this, a white guy who thinks he's Chinese. You know what I mean? Like, and he, this role is just so fantastic because, uh, his delivery is awesome. He's super funny. He's very physical, which is great. But he's constantly like speaking Cantonese to the three tigers. And they're just like, dog, English, English, please. It's like, we don't even speak Cantonese. Uh, but so we have a whole fight sequence with him and uh, the three tigers, which is great with a lot of traditional Kung Fu elements in there. Very fast paced, very Hong Kong style, very uh, vigorous, for lack of a better word, like hard hitting. And then, of course, we have our finale where we have uh, Danny versus Jen Fan, the character played by uh, Ken Katuga, where we have to see what's probably maybe the more superior martial artist, but way past his prime and way out of shape versus the young, uh, vicious, evil, corrupt martial artist. And the way they filmed that fight sequence and some of the elements they threw in there. Uh, like the whole sequence where it just kind of blacks out and it's just him in slow motion. Mm -hmm. Just so many awesome elements to the fight scene. So, but you know, I could have watched this whole movie and only had like one or two martial arts sequences and been totally content because it's just such a well-made movie. It is. And, and, and the, the growth between, I mean, particularly for Danny, the growth from, for Danny from the very beginning through the, that final fight where he, he starts to see things happening before they happen or, or he can slow down time with his, with, within the fight, so to speak. Just the way it's choreographed, it's just fantastic and also performed. It's just, you just see this slow growth that happens and, and 
even in the final fight sequence, which is broken into three rounds, which, you know, you've talked about, you know, there's certain fight sequences that you like and certain that certain fight sequences that don't stand out. And it's mm-hmm. like the three act fight scene. You mm-hmm. literally had a three act fight scene because it was three rounds. Brilliant analysis. And that's exactly what they do. It's they, they state the rules before their final fight. It's going to be three rounds, you know, so and so minutes, so and so. And so we get that three act structure. It's it's for it's great for people first stepping into this genre. Right. And this is the kind of film. I would be comfortable, for example, and I'm going to once I get my Blu-ray, bring it over to my parents' house for dinner because we like to, you know, watch a movie, uh, eat dinner, and then watch a movie. And this is, yes, it is 100% Kung Fu Pian, Kung Fu movie, but it is also 100% mainstream, uh, American audience friendly. And I really hope people outside of the martial arts film genre can give this a chance because it's just such a fun but also moving movie you know we haven't even talked about some of the more dramatic elements especially between the character of danny and his son like danny's Mm -hmm. a deadbeat dad i mean in the sense of i okay i shouldn't say deadbeat because he obviously provides financially for his son but he is His, uh, his priorities are out of order out of order he's an unattentive dad he's uh loves his son but he's not, he's a very distant father in that sense. You know, he's yeah, not he, giving him the kind of love he needs. He, he, he asks his son to lie for him, but then asks his son to tell the truth. Right. Uh, and so, you know, he, it's, he has these very difficult growing moments that, uh, that he's set up very early on in the movie. And through his own uh, realization of his relationship with his Sifu and like kind of the self-analysis going on there, he realizes the troubled relationship he has with his own son and where he's failed as a father. And before going into the final battle, we actually have a very dramatic sequence where he calls his son on the phone. Mm-hmm. And as I said, the, the whole time I'm like, oh, the whole cast is great. Ron Yuen though would be my pick for like, you know, star of the movie, you know, best supporting actor, this and that. But Elaine Uy's sequence there where he's speaking on the phone with his son oh. uh, and not gonna lie, my eyes were tearing up. I was almost to that point. Uh, yes, I'd been suffering from severe dehydration earlier in the day, but aside from that, uh, I was so moved uh, during that sequence where he's, he's pretty much teaching him how, how to make a fist over the phone. And then, you're, you, and then you find out why he's explaining it to him and you know the importance of fighting should always be the last resort, but when you do need to fight, you fight uh and it's just so moving and just the the pairing of drama and comedy together in one movie whether it's a hollywood picture or anything else is such a hard balance and this film does it brilliantly and that's why i'm looking forward to future projects by director Tran. that because as he said like he in this interview i was listening to i believe that was on kung fu movie guide uh it's not necessarily his goal to only do martial arts or action films uh, I, I hope he does do more in the future just because he did so well. But I'd love to see just any sort of movie by him. He is a, you can tell, a fantastic filmmaker. You, you know, uh, it's, I, I don't like to point out like the obvious sometimes, but uh, looking at his IMDb profile, which I was doing earlier, it says he was mentored very early on by Corey Yoon. Yes. And we, which talk- we didn't mention. Uh, we did mention uh, in this interview, no, but he he brought that up in that same podcast interview. And I was like, wait, brr, what? Apparently he's a family friend. Uh, and it, it makes you think, oh, Vietnamese American, uh, Corey Yuen is Hong Kong Chinese, but it could very well be that perhaps, uh, you know, they do have some sort of family connection. You have to remember there is a large Chinese diaspora in Vietnam, uh, due to, you know, political events of the 20th century, uh, mass immigration outside of mainland China into surrounding territories. So I, I would love to know more about that relationship and, like that connection because being mentored by Corey Yuen, I mean, you can see why he was able to make such a fantastic martial arts picture. Oh, that it, it yeah, it, maybe that's maybe that's our uh, one of our guests that we should get soon. Oh, heck yeah, yeah, uh, Mr. Baotran, if you're listening to this and ever want to come on, uh, maybe talk about something else besides Paper Tigers if you want to discuss your favorite martial arts movies or something. I oh, would love that, would love that, yeah, but uh. And I do want to talk about also real quick, uh, Mikkel Shannon Jenkins, who plays Jim. And once again, loved him in his role, too, because mm-hmm. he's kind of it's like him. He and Danny have a tumultuous relationship and we're never cr- really given full details as why. Pretty much they go on a trip 
to Japan together and then Danny bails on him and they haven't talked since. But uh, his his character, Jim, uh, he does a great job of uh, because for him, he's the one that is now like a BJJ black belt and instructor, but he's mm-hmm. completely forgotten all of his Kung Fu, whereas the other two still remember like. Uh, they have a good foundation still, but because it's like he went and learned this and mastered this whole different martial arts, he has no memory. Like when he goes into <laughs> the, the Baymo against Carter and it's like, he's like, look at him. He's like, I, I don't know how to do the salute. I, I don't know what to yeah. do. And like, just, just make something up. And uh, his, his comedic timing is great, but so are also his dramatic elements as well. And I loved him in undisputed uh, three. And that's why I was so glad to see him in this role and of the three tigers he is the only one that is still in supreme physical shape as well uh but uh that being said there's there's a lot of jokes at the expense of uh ron ewan's physique uh some great back and forth banter between him and the carter character so i won't spoil anything but uh, also some great physical humor by ron ewan oh yeah for sure we're talking about his comedic timing but i mean just like his physical humor it's just he's he was delivering on 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 an emotional level on a dramatic level on a verbal comedic level, a great timing, and as well as the physical comedic level. I mean, it's, it is an all-around absolute great performance. And he was able to bring out the best in his co-stars. Because I think you even mentioned that the, the actor who portrayed Danny uh, hadn't uh, done martial arts in, in years, if ever, correct? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, and I believe it was because he was also speaking on this same podcast I was listening to, or maybe there's two different ones, because uh, there was a few that were done a few weeks ago in anticipation of the premiere of the movie and uh that's actually what made him perfect for the role because he's not supposed to be this incredible martial artist anymore he is a washed up middle-aged dad that sells insurance i believe Mm -hmm. right life insurance (laughs) is what he sells so uh but but his physical performance is great and i know he didn't have like an 87 11 style six month training camp so that just goes to show what a great actor he is that he was able to pull off the martial arts moves believably yeah agreed yeah uh is there any final thoughts we want to say about the movie or anything we left out uh, i mean you know i have seen it i've seen it uh tweeted around a lot you know a lot of people go within our within our uh Twitter sphere of martial art fans, Kung Fu movie fans, B movie fans, uh, independent movie fans. The one quote that keeps popping up is the Roger, Roger Yuan quote, you know, Kung Fu without honor is just fighting. Yeah. And you know, uh, a Kung Fu movie, I would say without honor, it's just an action movie, nothing wrong with action movies, but this is a Kung Fu, Kung Fu movie, or as you would say, a Gong Fu Pia. Pian. 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 Yeah. Dang it. Last time. Pian. Yeah, but great. Pian. No, and that's Pian. that. I, what a great connection to that quote from the movie because it's true. You can make, just like, you know, nowadays there's so many great YouTube shorts, martial arts movie shorts, and same thing with old school kung fu movies. There's so many that were just made to be made. You know, they turn those things out like crazy. And I love watching a lot of those, but I don't need to pay attention to the plot. I may fast forward between fight scenes. This picture, though, is the epitome of what a stellar Kung Fu piano or Kung Fu movie can be because, you know, unfortunately there's this negative connotation sometimes with a Kung Fu movie or Chop Saki cinema where it's not a real movie. No, I assure you, this is a real film. This is an award-worthy film. This is, yes. you know, I hope that with everything opening back up and uh, film festivals like opening back up that it will win some major awards because it deserves it. You know, everything from, as we said, the direction, fantastic. Uh, editing, the writing. It's a slick, beautifully made picture from a technical aspect. It's The story is heartfelt, funny, authentic, moving, everything you want in a movie. The acting is just mind-blowingly good, in my opinion. Uh, you know, for not necessarily having any major stars, right? Which it, mm-hmm. it doesn't. Uh, but our principal cast of Elaine Uy, Ron Yuen, Mikkel Shannon Jenkins... They kill it in their roles. Some of the smaller roles, it's great to see the Marshall Club guys in there. Uh, they're fantastic martial arts performers. They do great. Uh, Ken Katuga, to get to see him kind of in a feature film, be the villain. Yeah. And, oh, man, he's definitely intimidating. He's, he's, he's great. He sells he's his great. role. Like, you believe he's a bad, you know, mother effer uh, and maybe a sociopath. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, yeah. he's, he's heartless, cold, yes. and 
but and he 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 just ascribes to or subscribes to his own understanding of kung fu. He's basically perverted the the lessons he's learned, where he thinks that he needs to almost go on a on a killing spree. Right, essentially to you know not not spoiler alert. Sorry, after yeah, the fact, but that's all right. But <laughs> and then even Matthew Page as the Carter character, which as I said, we've all met a guy like that who's a white guy that thinks he's Chinese. But at the same time, uh, I saw uh, like probably my final note is going to be I saw a lot of people like, oh, this is great because it shows you know the uh, cultural appropriation that white people do towards kung fu. Now that I disagree with because mm-hmm. there's I've met so many people like him, but not because they're trying to culturally appropriate Chinese Kung Fu. They just love it so much yeah. and they love the culture and they don't try to appropriate it because they're not taking credit for it or in which there is guys that do that though. Don't even get me started on some of the fake YouTubers. But, uh, and you, you'll even talk, you'll even see traditional Hong Kong Kung Fu masters talk about that. Yeah, most of their students are in Europe or America because they're the ones that are interested in it. And a lot of times it was through the Kung Fu movies. So I do love how funny that character is and how they do point out the elements of, okay, this is a white guy that thinks he's Chinese. Uh, but, you know, I, I could have easily ended up as that guy, right? But, uh, I mean, hey, I moved to China. I studied Chinese martial arts in China. I learned Mandarin. Uh, hey. Well, and, you know, what's, what's great even about the car, even about, what's great about the Carter character is that final moment yes. where they're like, oh, you're going to give us another fortune cookie quote. And he gives, a, there's a real touching moment. And I, 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 the quote is in the back of my mind, on the back of my tongue, but I can't just spit it out correctly. But, but it's, it's interesting because that whole time he's trying to present himself as this proper like Kung Fu Sifu, which anybody that knows about like Kung Fu culture or history, this is, you know, it's about keeping face and so forth, right? And he yeah. breaks away from this persona and this kind of like almighty Sifu aspect, this master aspect to have a real heartfelt moment where he yeah. just lets them know, hey, you know, uh, and once again, the quote, I believe it has something to do with how you are the true, like, master type thing. Yeah, it, it, oh, when, when, um, when your heart uh, exceeds your experience or technique, something like that, then you, you've, like, really mastered yourself or something like that. Right. Like, when, when you, yeah. He, so, he acknowledges the fact that he is for lack of a better term, not like half the man that Danny is in that sense. Yeah. But it, it's a very heartfelt moment right there, which once again, just goes to show what a great actor Matthew Page is, right? Yeah. Uh, who we mostly know as Master Ken, this fake online character he's created who's hilarious and makes fun of a lot of the kind of McDojo type instructors in America. Uh, but once again, something that could have easily been a throwaway role has such a great moment like that at the end, right? Yep. And it's just one of the many special aspects of this picture. So, final closing thoughts. Uh, final closing thoughts. If you haven't seen the movie, go see it. What's and your grade you for the film? What grade do you uh, get? You it? know, it's got to be an A, A plus. I'm giving it an A plus. I'm being bold yeah. and saying A plus, without a doubt, 100%. Uh, I have, you know, I, there wasn't a single thing after the movie where you and I were like, well, they could have done this better or they could have done, you know. Yeah, because we watched quite a few movies that weekend. Uh, we just had the TV on play. <laughs> yes, some classics did. we'd seen, some we love, you know. But it's always, you know. But once again, we'd put them on, and like we were doing other stuff too. And then we'd yeah. sit down for the fight scenes and stuff. But that movie had us both just glued to yeah. the TV screen. And once again, I'm so sad I didn't get to see it on the big screen. But I will have my Blu-ray soon, in which I can oh, watch. Hey, and I, I'm tagging like Lamley's uh, American Cinematheque, New Beverly. Uh, to say, hey, when this becomes available to n- do another run through Los Angeles on the independent screens, please get it at your theaters. I know people will go. I will drive back down to L.A. just to watch yeah. it uh, at the New Beverly, 100%. And, and if I get, go and ahead. I'll also say, like, uh, if James is still listening this far into the podcast, because I think we went over our 60-minute mark, uh-huh. uh, this movie is good to watch with children. You don't have to necessarily watch it first. I think, if I recall correctly, this this is a, a movie that is is a is a family movie as well as an action fan. Movie. Agreed, agreed, and it because it has so many great like family aspects and stuff in there. So yes, everyone, please watch this movie. Please support this movie. Uh, rent it, buy it. Uh, do not illegally download. I know I am a stickler for that. Whether it's watching professional sports events or whatever, either I please because if we don't support these films the proper way then they'll never get made because there's no money in them. So it's so easy 
digital rent, digital download, or you can buy the Blu-ray. Please support this film, everyone in it. Uh, I can only hope that we get more pictures from all these individuals in the future. Uh, And that's all I've got to say about that. A plus. A plus. A plus. All right, my man. Uh, we will be recording again hopefully in the next few days we'll pick another movie our plan is to kind of do more episodes now we're going to do kind of something uh, topical or mainstream and then something a little more niche in between so we still kind of have random episodes where we're going to talk about I don't know something like Skinny Tiger Fatty Dragon or then we'll talk about a new release that just came out for example like our Mortal Kombat episode which thank you so much everyone for all the support on that we've had uh, our most downloads ever for an episode so awesome and it's still growing. And if you all have the time, once again, as a reminder, go ahead and vote for me in the Mr. Muscle and Fitness Contest. The link is available on Facebook, our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, and we'll make it available in these show notes. Okay. Excellent. On that, I will talk to you later, my friend. All right. Take care. Peace. <laughs>